Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcast. I'm Johnny Venerable, Ball Brock here on this Wednesday. Ball Cardinals did not practice today. Turns out everybody kind of went home yesterday. This is their bye <laughs> week after all. A lot of Cardinal fans going home for the season because of the pressure and the heat that is on one Cliff Kingsbury. And you posed this question to me earlier this week. You said, I want to talk about your favorite potential candidates to replace Cliff Kingsbury if and when he gets fired. Why do you think this is a beneficial exercise? And do you think this is realistic to be talking about now here, November 30th, 2022? Most importantly, it's fun, right? After a four and eight start at the bye week, gonna have some fun we're gonna look ahead because you know that the, the the hope that a new coach brings to an organization that has uh fallen short of expectations it, it can breathe life back into a fan base and and yeah. that's why i think that michael bidwell would be smart and he he would he can really kind of escape not getting rid of either cliff kingsbury and steve kime or one or the other most likely cliff kingsbury so let's start there. Let's look at who could kind of revive this organization, who could get Kyler Murray back on the, the right path, and who could kind of get this team back to where it was last year, winning double-digit games and being back in the playoffs. So um, and it, it's just, like I said, it's it's going to be a blast because we get to kind of – there's already one big name that I would be shocked isn't on both of our lists. I want to see, obviously, everybody in that chat who's already killing it early here in the chat here on PHNX Cardinals. So – um, we're just going to get down to who we like as far as candidates. You know, obviously people emerge. You know, I don't think anybody knew the name Mike McDaniel at this time last year, and he's probably nope. a coach of the year candidate um, because he emerged as, as the Niners continued to roll and, and make their run to the NFC Championship game, and he kind of became a head coaching uh, darling out of nowhere. So um, there's some names you probably don't know on some of our lists, and then there's some obviously the usual suspects. Yeah, and just for clarification, Bo and I have a group of five. We have not seen each other's top five. We're going to go five to one, revealing the complete list at the end, one at a time, back and forth. And for the folks in the chat, we've seen the Patrick Peterson video. We're going to talk about it uh, in segment two. Trust me, got plenty to say on that. But Bo, I'm going to turn it over to you. Who is number five on your Arizona Cardinal wish list candidate for the next head coach? All right, number five on my list for Cliff Kingsbury. Successor is the least likely to happen, but I got to put him on there. Lincoln Riley, head coach, USC. He would obviously has tapped into Kyler Murray. He was his coach at Oklahoma for his Heisman Trophy winning campaign. They went to the college football playoff. I mean, the likelihood of Riley saying, hey, I'm going to jump from USC after this really, really successful season in L.A., the amount of money he's getting paid to really already put his house up for sale there in Hollywood and then make the jump to the NFL is, is pretty unrealistic. But you you got to reach out, right? Um, the, the college game has changed, and it's changed probably uh, to strengthen a guy like Lincoln Riley's uh, position as far as recruiting it's not maybe not as hard with NIL deals and getting people to USC it probably wasn't hard before. And it's getting easier now that you can throw lumps of cash at them. But this guy won a pile of Big 12 championships games. He's made three CFP appearances and he's had 
never had a full-length season with fewer than 10 wins at the collegiate level. He's the anti-Cliff Kingsbury. He's a successful college head coach. And I think as far as his college play calling, it would translate to the next level. And as far as him being a quarterback whisperer, Baker at the college level, Kyler at the college level, Jalen Hurts at the college level, and now Caleb Williams at the college level. I just think that I, I see uh, DJ White, no college coaches, but I'll make one exception. It's the one guy, lone college coach on my list, Lincoln Riley. I like it. My list is a little bit more realistic because I think Lincoln oh. Riley my, Lincoln Riley would trump a, <laughs> uh, some names on my list. I just Lincoln Riley's got a better job right now, and I know yeah. there's only 32 – NFL jobs, but he's making NFL money. He's a made man in in Southern California. And to come here to a a franchise in disarray would be a difficult sell. Um, Once upon a time, I think you probably could have gotten Lincoln Riley when Kyler Murray was humming. But then again, Cliff Kingsbury was winning once upon a time. Mm So I don't hate the pick, um, but I'm going to go a different direction. I'm going to stay in the NFL for number five, um, a, a coordinator that has been passed over time and time again. Eric Bieniemy is my number fifth choice, and I know a lot of people probably have preconceived notions about this coach. Listen, if there were if there were issues that were to come about with his personality at the end of the day, he would be fired from Andy Reid. You know why he's not fired. You know why he has been the number two to Andy Reid, even more so than Matt Nagy, because he has the respect of everybody in the locker room. He has the respect of Patrick Mahomes. They butt heads. That's okay. Once upon a time, I watched Kurt Warner and Todd Haley butt heads on the sideline. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't want that with Kyler Murray indefinitely, but I think Eric Bieniemy would challenge Kyler Murray. I think he would take the best parts of Kansas City's offense. He has learned under a savant like Andy Reid. Give me Eric Bieniemy, somebody who I think could relate to Kyler Murray, who could challenge Kyler Murray, but also say, I have pelts in the wall. I've helped orchestrate an offense that has led the NFL in points per game and touchdowns. He's going to help get Patrick Mahomes an MVP this year. They, they've integrated now new pieces. No Tyreek Hill. He's made Juju a good player. They've had to pivot off of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's been a bust. They've revamped their offensive line. I would feel good about Eric Bieniemy if he came in and crushed his interview. And that's been the biggest thing, Bo, with him is at the end of the day, Bieniemy has had interviews and he's been passed over, whether that is the fact that He's a minority. We've talked about it. African-American coaches have not been given enough opportunities as head coaches and or because a lot of people said he's not great in the interview room, right? And so you want to be able to make sure he can command a 53-man roster. So I'm giving Eric Bieniemy at minimum an interview. I want to see what he could do with Kyler. I want to get the two of them in a room together and go from there. So number five on my list, Kansas City Offensive Coordinator Eric Bieniemy. Absolutely. It needs to be on your short list. Check in on Bienemy. It is a red flag as far as how many interviews he's had and the lack of success really grabbing that job. A lot of people uh, just don't interview well. That's right. But you would think after all the interviews, you would get better at it, right? Maybe, I mean, what, what's the holdup? And, and also trying to decipher, you know, is the, is the chief success a product of Mahomes being elite and Andy Reid? How, how much does he, is, how, how involved is he with the offense you know, is Eric Bieniemy really one of the guys behind the scenes pulling the strings and setting up for success? He's certainly been a part of it. Uh, let's go with my number four choice here for Cliff Kingsbury's successor for the Arizona Cardinals, Brian Callahan. That is the offensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals. Brian Callahan is well thought of. Uh, what he's done 
this season might actually be better than what he even did last season as far as getting to the Bengals to the Super Bowl and just Joe Burrow's second season coming off the knee injury. Bengals have won three straight without Jamar Chase. He's the son of Bill Callahan, I think, as far as what he's done, as far as the the uh, that offense rolling without an offensive line. You know, his offense is able to overcome nine sacks against the Tennessee Titans and win that game. I think that Brian Callahan has enough big plays to overcome some some spotty, you know, offensive play. And I think as far as what he's done with Joe Burrow, I'd love to see him, you know, apply to Kyler Murray and obviously his array of weapons. I think that Brian Callahan is an up-and-comer, 38 years old. He's got the pedigree. His dad was the OC for the Cowboys, for the Raiders. He was a head coach at one point. Wasn't he the head coach at Nebraska at one at one point? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that Brian Callahan is a, a up and coming play caller. Now the, the the two guys, including Callahan, or that are next on my list, are are unknowns for the most part as far as how they would lead a team. I think yeah. that you would have your your questions as far as the, these guys go. But I've got Callahan as number four on my list. I like that pick a lot. Uh, I like their offense. Uh, and despite Zach Taylor, I'm not a Zach Taylor fan. I think Brian probably deserves more credit for that and has has kept the team afloat with the injuries to Jamar Chase and company. Uh, I'm going to go with a different Brian. Uh, I'm going to stay in the AFC, though. I'm going to go with ex-Miami Dolphin head coach, now linebacker coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Brian Flores, defensive-minded, but a guy who won... of his games with the Miami Dolphins as a member of that franchise in complete disarray, right? You want to talk about a country club mentality. He had to go there and clean up a lot of shit. He won games with backups, with Tua early on in his career when he wasn't any good. Ryan Fitzpatrick and company. Did, Did he have some rough edges? Absolutely. But give me a guy in his second opportunity who already had previous success that now probably won't make the same mistakes again. I think... The Cardinals, when I think of them, and this is a trend for a lot of folks on my list, the Cardinals are a soft franchise right now. They're soft up front. They get pushed around. This is a finesse team. I'm not going to pivot hard a la Steve Wilkes once upon a time, but I want somebody that can come help me compete against San Francisco, that can push them around, right? And then to push Kyler Murray. I know Brian Flores isn't an offensive coordinator, and it's, it's difficult for me, Bill, because if you were to ask me six months ago before the season started or 12 or 18 months, I would have said, give me an offensive coach night and day, especially with Kyler Murray. In today's NFL, I want, a, I want an offensive head coach. When I watch this season, I'm ready to pivot off of that. Now, it's not to say I'm not open to an offensive coach, mm-hmm. but they don't have to be. They, they have to be able to, to come in here and to cement a mentality that does not exist with this franchise, they, they you got to go a little bit old school, right? You got to get some hog mollies up front. You got to get some people movers. I want to see Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins unleashed defensively. I want to see them become ass kickers. I want to see this offense turn into what Kyler Murray was at Oklahoma, where you could run the football every week, no matter the opponent. And so I think Brian Flores could come in and listen, it would take some, I don't know, finessing, because he's got a relationship with Steve Wilkes. They're both part of that lawsuit mm-hmm. against the NFL and the Arizona Cardinals. But Brian Flores isn't in the business of turning down head coaching interviews. And once upon a time, when the Cardinals hired Steve Wilkes, they interviewed and really liked Brian Flores. Now, that was Steve Kime. Steve yeah. Kime in these scenarios probably isn't doing the conducting. But if it's Quentin Harris or Adrian Wilson, I feel good about their ability to connect with Flores and say, come in here. Let's have a conversation. You have no ties to our franchise, no ill will. Let's see what you could do with with this organization. 
There, there's one question you could you can make things really simple on you. You can you can have a really short interview with Brian Flores because if he doesn't answer this one question correctly, you can just cut ties and you don't have to move forward with him. And it's simply, what are your thoughts on Kyler Murray? Do you like him? Because if you aren't going to wrap your arms around Kyler Murray as your your, your franchise Great quarterback, question. we saw what you did with Tua. How you, you wouldn't could embrace preference every coach with that for sure. But the way there's already an example where he didn't fully embrace young quarterback and it, it cost him his job. And it, it's, it, it should be a non-starter here. If he Maybe doesn't be love- around Kenny Pickett's tiny hands for a season will make him feel better about <laughs> Kyler Murray. Hey, Kenny Pickett played well the other night. Shockingly three touchdowns Fortunately, gets, this year. I know. I know. I'm, I'm not ready to, to change my mind on Kenny Pickett draft, but Russ just yet. All right, let's get to my number three. It's very similar. It's an offensive-minded guy is my fourth pick. Number three is Kellen Moore, offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. Since Dak Prescott returned to the lineup, this offense has been a wagon. 33.8 points per game over the last five games. That's since Dak returned. A pair of 40 burgers. We've got one goddamn 40 burger under Cliff Kingsbury's entire tenure. Kellen Moore and the Dallas Cowboys have two over the last four weeks. That's putting up some points. They were number one in yards last year. They were number one in points last year. Uh, and this year, the offense is just as good. And they had to win a couple games with Cooper Rush. It was masterful what Kellen Moore was able to do with that offense in Dak's absence. And we we know it wasn't Mike McCarthy. I like Kellen Moore, former Boise State quarterback, 34 years old, an up-and-comer. But just like Callahan, we don't really know how he would be as the guy, how he would be as the leader. That's why he's number three on my list. That's two in line for like a Cliff-esque type of coach. Now, he's a good old boy, and I think he's mm-hmm. got – he did more with less at Boise State. His his football acumen is immense. But I, I think his, his ability to adjust and play chess is way better than Cliff's already, just as his his resume as an OC. That's, that's fair. That's fair. And this year, I, I mean, they won games with a backup quarterback, but that was mostly because of the defense. They were egregious last year without Dak Prescott. And I Andy Dalton, we remember what that looked like with Kellen Moore. And I, I watched Cliff Kingsbury win games with Colt McCoy. Um, not my favorite of your picks because I just, to me, that's too in line with what the Cardinals already have. If the, if this was right after the Wilkes firing, I'd be all for it. I'm going to well, Flores right. pick your Flores pick suck then. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, here, here's what I'm going to tell you. The, the, this, I, this, this person would not have been on my list before the season started. I have been turned a hundred percent. I would be all for this. Um, D'Amico Ryans is number three for me. Uh, he will be the probably the number one candidate. But again, defensive head coach, do we love that long-term? I don't know. All I know is they have the number one defense in the NFL in San Francisco, and they're missing a ton of key players. I, I think he's been better than Robert Sala. I think he's better than Vic Fangio, who they're rumored to get once D'Amico Ryans departs for a head coaching job. He has got the acumen. He's got the experience. Kyler Murray and company will look to him and say, Oh shit, you were just in the NFL like a decade ago and you were kicking ass for the Houston Texans. You've got clout with us. And now you're this skilled defensive coordinator. They're missing DeForest Buckner. They're missing Arik Armstead. They're missing Javon Kinlaw. And they're still the number one defense. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I know they're talented defensively, but I could put the Cardinals' talent defensively next to them. And I'd say, well, I like the Cardinals' corners more. I like the Cardinals' safeties more. And their, their inside linebackers are underperforming. And they've got JJ Watt and Zach Allen. Like, what could D'Amico Ryans do for this defense and then have that rub off on the offense? Now, 
again, you hire D'Amico Ryans, you hire Brian Flores, who's coming in to run the offense. We'll take care of that after the fact. But I like the idea of making an in NFC West division rival weaker because you know D'Amico Ryan will D'Amico Ryans will automatically say, I'm gonna pluck offensive guys from Kyle Shanahan's staff to come in here and work with Kyler. I'm gonna look back in my, you know, my collegiate days. I'm gonna look back in my AFC days, but I I like D'Amico Ryans to come in here. He might be two or even one by the end of the year, realistically mm-hmm. speaking, if one and two don't return phone calls. I think that that's a, that's a great place to be for Arizona Cardinal fans, to steal somebody from the NFC West and to make him your head coach and sure up a defense, that, a team that is just, he's the epitome of anti-soft and the Cardinals are soft yeah. right now. Yep, absolutely. That's why he's my number two Cliff successor. I've got D'Amico Ryans at number two. It's been a no second half score November for the San Francisco 49ers defense. Pretty good. Four games in a row. They've shut out their opponent in the second half. They're surrendering just like 10 points per game. They shut out the Saints and Andy Dalton. They fumbled up uh, Alvin Kamara, who usually doesn't look that bad against anybody. D'Amico Ryan's absolutely the toughness that you want from your head coach, the leadership. Absolutely, he was an upgrade. A lot of question marks around him because he was so quickly removed from the playing field and then replacing Robert Sala. I'm all about D'Amico Ryans. I think that he is going to be a star, and I think that the Arizona Cardinals absolutely have to talk to him and see if he's somebody that would be interested in being their head coach. You do have to couple him with with an offensive play caller, absolutely, but I think there are a ton of them out there and somebody that would be willing to work with Kyler Murray. Uh, But D'Amico, his familiarity, his domination of the Rams, even when they were Super Bowl winners. Like, I think, you know, what they were able to accomplish uh, defensively against them because, you know, they're down, but who knows if they could rebound next year. They dominated Seattle. I think that D'Amico Ryan's, and then what he knows and his knowledge of, of his current organization, I think D'Amico Ryan's yep. absolutely would be a slam dunk hire with the caveat that you have to get an offensive play caller. I think you can find one of those. Uh, that's why he's my number two. Love that. So we're on the same page there. And again, yeah. Bo's probably been turned. I've been turned. DJ White, I know DeForest Buckner plays in Indianapolis. Yeah. I'm just saying they're number they, they haven't number recovered. One. Right. And it's, they have no defensive tackle depth. They traded him away. They tr- they used the pick on Javon Kinlaw. He's been mm-hmm. a massive bust. I mean, the Cardinals have more depth at defensive tackle. It doesn't matter. That tells me that his scheme outweighs personnel in a lot of aspects, whereas the Cardinals, I would argue their scheme is pretty vanilla. We saw that. Justin Herbert did whatever he wanted to last Sunday. And again, like I I think Kyler Murray needs somebody that he can look at and say, you played in the league, I respect you. You've won, I respect you. And that's always going to be my issue with Cliff Kingsbury is has he lost respect for Cliff? Have we gotten past the glass ceiling that was, yeah, your run and shoot offense, Air Raid Texas Tech is kind of what we've been doing in the NFL. It's time to graduate. It's it's time to graduate to a big boy head coach. And that's what my number two pick is. I'm going outside the box, but he's already been linked to the Arizona Cardinals per pro football focus. There could be no better time if he gets to the national championship game against Georgia to pick up the phone and call Jim Harbaugh once upon a time, taking the San Francisco 49ers to the Super Bowl. And hear me (laughs) out. He wanted the Vikings job. They passed on him, right? So I don't think even if he gets far this year, he's going to be in a position to be, I don't know, particular. And I think he would love the opportunity to ram it down Jed York and company's ass in his own division (laughs) and to come here and say, 
I want to be a part of a franchise that is in disarray. I want to build it back up because there's a lot of talent. There was a lot of talent. Go back and look at those early Niner teams. A lot of talent with Jim Harbaugh that they were underachieving. Navarro Bowman, Patrick Willis, right? Alex Smith was there. It was an afterthought franchise. They hadn't won in forever. He immediately came in there and made them ass kickers and winners. Vernon Davis, by the way, some of the same traits and characteristics as Kyler Murray, somebody that people maybe don't agree with, that has a combative personality. Give me Jim Harbaugh to come in here and transform this organization. And with Jim, you know he wouldn't want personnel control. He And he said this, I just want to come in and coach. I want to win. He... Brian's saying he's not leaving Michigan. I don't know. He tried to leave Michigan last year, and he made the Final Four. I think he gets to the national championship game. I think they beat TCU. And then what's he, what's he going to say? I can't beat the SEC. I'm not. I can leave. Michigan's always going to be there. It's a fallback for mm-hmm. me, and I can always come back to the college ranks too. We just saw it with what's his name from Baylor get fired. Shit cam from Carolina. Now Matt rules coaching back at the collegiate level. It's all. It's it's going to be available. Plus Jim. Jim wears out his welcome at the NFL. You could get Jim Harbaugh for five, seven, eight years and 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 maximize this team. This team is not uh, in a position where you completely have to rebuild. It reminds me of those. It reminds me of those Niner teams that were talented and had a had a first overall pick at quarterback, coincidentally, in Alex Smith, yeah. and then just couldn't put it all together. They needed the ass kicker, and that's what Jim Harbaugh can do. He's a winner. He's won at the NFL. He's won at every level. That I would call him, and I think he would take a meeting with Michael Bidwell. I love it. I love it. Maybe, I mean, maybe he reaches the mountaintop with Michigan, or maybe he doesn't, and it's such a zero-sum game at the at the especially at Michigan that that fan base isn't as appreciative of what he's done as far as turning things they can around. Look, there. He can look at it though and say, "I've accomplished what I needed. Yeah, to. I came here. There's, I won well, the Big Ten twice. Beat Ohio State back to back years. Right. Yep. Beat their ass." Uh, yeah, you're just catering to Sly, uh, who's been calling for I, Jim Harbaugh for listen, how long? Listen, Sly, you don't know this. My, I, I, this once upon a time in night, my father went to Illinois Westland. His best friend became a, a child's heart surgeon in San Diego. We went to visit them. His next door neighbor was Jim Harbaugh. We went to the Chargers practice that day. I played basketball with his son. You don't know any of this. I've never brought this up before. Jim Harbaugh, great guy. I think he was with his second wife at the time. They're not still married, whatever. I haven't seen Jim since 1999. But he was he was about to coach at San Diego State University. He won there. He won at Stanford. He won at San Francisco. He won at Michigan. I'm a big Jim Harbaugh guy. I just, listen, we've had the same head coach here for the last couple of years. I didn't think they'd, they'd be in a position to hire Jim Harbaugh. Maybe they will be. Yeah. All right. Let's get to number one. There's one name that hasn't been mentioned on either of our lists. So I wouldn't be shocked if we all, if we both have the same number one, because I think if you can get the opportunity to hire Sean Payton from the broadcast booth to the sidelines of the Arizona Cardinals, Sean Payton is number one Super Bowl champion with the New Orleans Saints, 152 wins, 63 win percentage, helped Drew Brees, an undersized quarterback, go from a decent quarterback to one of the greatest passers in NFL history. If he's willing to take a meeting, if he wants to be a part of this, get him in the door and don't let him leave. That has to happen for the Arizona Cardinals. He should be number one on the list. He should be somebody that this should be a list that should be being compiled right now by Michael Bidwell because of how poorly this season has gone and have it close to his vest. Don't share it with old Stevie boy, Steve Kime. 
keep it close to your best because you might need another GM pull the trigger on hiring these guys. Everybody knows it's coming. Back-to-back number one picks. It's Sean Payton for Bo's reasons and many, many more. Uh, I, it's a franchise changer. You hit the lottery. You've hit the jackpot. I know people will point out to those seasons in New Orleans when they went 7-9, and nine, even with Drew Brees in those last couple of years where they weren't you know, Super Bowl contenders per se. And he's not bringing along Mickey Loomis, but I, I just... He's in his coaching prime. You can probably get him for at least five to seven years, maybe more if he and Kyler click. I, I think we're reading way too much into the Colin Cowherd stuff in the sense that Cowherd and company have turned on Kyler Murray. I don't, Sean Payton doesn't care about that. Sean Payton's connected to people and the know in the NFL. He turns on the tape and sees that number one is big time, that number one can beat any team. Go put on the tape against New Orleans. Go put on the tape last year against Dallas. You want to go to a franchise like Carolina who has no hope, no hope of quarterback. You want to go to a franchise, I don't know, like Houston, who's going to be rolling the dice, first overall pick. You have a proven commodity that can play high at a high level in this organization. That's Cardinals trump card. So as much as we're going to talk about it in the next segment about people taking shots at Patrick Peterson, Bo, or excuse me, about Kyler Murray via Patrick Peterson, that's your only shot to get Sean Payton. I I mean, why would Sean Payton take this job if it wasn't for – Kyler Murray, because it so closely resembles what he had in New Orleans. Now, they're different people, different mm-hmm. types of people, that being Kyler versus Drew Brees. But Drew Brees was an afterthought. People thought Drew Brees was damaged goods for different reasons. The Chargers couldn't move off of him fast enough. Uh, how tall is Sean Payton? My size will Sean Payton played Division One AA football at Eastern Illinois, so he is not 5'6". I would imagine he's probably what? He's 5'11". 5'11". Yeah. 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 He, it doesn't matter how big he is. He's an ass kicker. He's a winner. He's a culture changer. It, if if we're able to ever do a program where we can announce or we can celebrate the hiring of Sean Payton, it, the, the, this franchise would, would never be the same for the better. It would be the best thing that happened to this franchise since they punched their ticket to, to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Coaches three. of Sean Payton's caliber aren't available hardly ever. ever. They're just not. They're they're not just free agents for the most part. Now I know he's under contract through twenty twenty four. I don't think it's going to be uh, too steep as far as what kind of draft pick it's going to take to to get him out of that and for New Orleans to to relinquish that. But yeah, I mean he, he's basically available to come coach your franchise. Now you just have to do what you have to do to get him in the building, and you you'll have the advantage. Like if if when Dallas inevitably flames out in the playoffs, like you'll have a jump start on them if you fire Cliff Kingsbury on Black Monday. And you'll probably, I mean, you could even have a jump start on on the Chargers too if you wanted to. Uh, I mean, they've got a kind of a cakewalk schedule here. Couldn't they sneak into the playoffs potentially at six and five? That's interesting to to, to watch out for too. I mean, I think what the criteria has been reported for Sean Payton, the Arizona Cardinals check. Pretty much most, if not all, the boxes. It's just just make it happen. Brian in the chat, Johnny will chug beers. I will do you one better. I will Steve Austin <laughs> beers live in studio. I'll get beer all over the place. We'll, we'll have a bender, a celebratory bender like never seen. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll throw a party in downtown Phoenix. Everybody can come out. We'll have a virtual party. The party won't stop. It'll be the, the greatest thing that ever happened to this franchise. Really quick, I got tagged in something right before the show. Albert Breer talking more speculation with the Cardinals and yeah, well, Jacob, let's put some, let's put some sheets down. Let's put some rubber sheets down. We'll be in good shape. Uh, Albert Breer of SI basically confirming what we all know. He's been linked to the chargers. He's being linked to the, to the Cardinals. He he mentions the Broncos kind of tongue in cheek, but 
whoever gets him is going to have to pony up because he did mention that um, that he turned down Miami four years, hundred million. Would the Cardinals reverse their normal course and go the extra financial mile mile to get the right coach? We'll see how it plays out. And I think Michael Bidwell would. Dean Spanos, we will see. He is one of the cheapest motherfuckers in the NFL. <laughs> he shares the stadium. I, to me, I feel like they still like Brandon Staley. Like we know what the Cardinals are experiencing right now. It's a disaster on and off the field. Like the Chargers, like were one game away from the playoffs last year. Will be in the playoff mix this year. For all we know, Dean Spanos loves uh, uh, Brandon Staley. Like. Um, I we're, and they're not facing the same and, sense of urgency. Yeah. They're in year two under right. Yeah, Let, Jacob, can we see our final lists? Can we see our compiled lists here before uh, we talk about some great four peak stuff? All right, this is my top five. Number five, Lincoln Riley. I have it five just because I think it's a pipe dream. It's probably not ever. You, you could probably not even get him on the phone. Number four, offensive coordinator for the Bengals, Brian Callahan. Kellen Moore, offensive coordinator for the Cowboys, is my number three. And then number two, defensive coordinator for the 49ers, D'Amico Ryans. And then get it done, Sean Payton, ex-Saints head coach, and my number one, Cliff Kingsbury successor. It's going to be sad. These graphics are gorgeous, by the way, by producer Emma. <laughs> it's going to be sad if we have to flush them down the toilet if they keep Cliff Kingsbury. Here's my list. I like your list, Bo. I like it a lot. I wouldn't be disappointed with any of those names. Here are my names. Number five, Eric Bieniemy, Chiefs offensive coordinator. At the very least, the Cardinals need to interview him, talk to him, discuss Kyler Murray. Look at that snarl from Brian Flores. Hell yeah. Just come in and just rip people's ass, please. This team is soft as hell. Uh, they've interviewed him once upon a time. They have a relationship. We'll see if we'll see if uh, he gets head coaching interviews this offseason or not. Remember, he, he won nine and ten games his last two years in Miami. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's 49er DC, same rationale as Bo. Jim Harbaugh, again, that's probably a pipe dream. But hey, I mean, like he took NFL interviews last year. Would that be a personality, though, that would be too combative for Michael Bidwell after he already, like, verbally depants Jed York uh, once upon a time and <laughs> basically called him a pussy? I don't know. And then Sean Payton is my number one choice. Of course, it's the number one choice for any Cardinal fan right now, and it will remain number one, Bo Brock, until it doesn't happen. And we will not yeah. drop it. We will continue to push for it. And uh, we'll just we'll see what January brings. Yeah, I like Shane Steichen as well, OC of the Eagles. I see you, Jalen Blair. I see you, uh, Tanner, asking about Mike Kafka, who's doing great work as far as in, with the New York Giants, big part of their turnaround, and Daniel Jones just not being a terrible, terrible quarterback. Uh, lots of great names. Continue to keep them coming here in the chat as we continue here. Four Peaks, though, had another successful watch party. It was Epic as far as the beer specials, the giveaways, the guest appearances, the $3 kit lifters aren't bad. Neither are the wow wheat pints. They're incredible. We're hosting every U.S. and every Mexico World Cup match on Nick at that 22-foot screen. And we're looking forward to cheering on the U.S. this Saturday morning. If you aren't going to be able to make it, then you better toast the red, white, and blue just with some four peaks that you bought at the store but you should join us and you can do it right now by registering here in the show notes uh, to reserve your spot. You want to sit down, you want to get a seat to watch this game. It's going to be unbelievable. Knockout round is already upon us. Go watch the US of A at Four Peaks. Great beer. Like I said, we got the specials. We got the vibes. We got everything you want. All you got to do is register for free for your, for your seat. Uh, it's, it's been unbelievable. I, I mean, what, what have we done now? Six watch parties, every single one of out them. Now. I think it yeah. might be sold out. Are we already sold out? So we're not even, so let me just tell you about the delicious four peaks beer, because that's all I can really say about them. 
That's a bu- that's kind of a bummer. But if you got in, can't wait to see you on Saturday. Also, just go, saw to that, the bar, uh, just go to the bar and hang out. Just go to Four Peaks Bar. Yeah, you're just gonna send people to no parking and and no no oh, seating well. at the bar. <laughs> I I did see that they they've got the their holiday cheer with a big old box of beer. You can get their holiday cheer boxes. They're back with uh the the countdown to Christmas. It's like um what do you call those calendars? The uh Advent calendars. Advent calendar, but with beer. It's for adults. And you can get that with four peaks. Four so check Pe- it out. Four peaks is the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. I flipping love that company. They are they are so good to us and they're so good to the valley. Like we have, we have so many great things about living here. The four pieces close to the top of my yeah. list. It, it's tough to beat. I mean, when you look at the fifty states across, you know, the U.S., do, do they have a brewery in each state that competes with Four Peaks? Like it might be top five brewery in the entire country. I lived in Illinois for too far too long, and there's some shit <laughs> beer there. And I came here and I tasted the sweet, sweet nectar of Four Peaks, and I'm never going back. What else you, we other states don't have is OG's Brands. OG's Brands is Arizona's cannabis kitchen. They've got something for everyone. It's the perfect stocking stuffer for somebody 21 or older and who likes to dabble as far as the gummies go, right? Uh, they've got unbelievable flavors like orange cream sickle. They've got the aquaberry flavor, which is also the sleep time gummy. If you got a trouble falling asleep, don't struggle any longer check out ogs at ogsbrands.com check out all their products including that sleep time gummy which helps you get to sleep and stay asleep also they've got uh you know tropical fruit flavors something for everyone anyone can use some ogs check them out on, on instagram as well at ogs brands gotta be 21 years or older you can find them at your local dispenser johnny uh, Patrick Peterson was a really good player for the Arizona Cardinals once upon a time. He's a shitty, shitty podcaster, and yet he continues <laughs> to make podcasts with his cousin, who is a shitty NFL player, and Brian McFadden, <laughs> if you remember, with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Patrick Peterson was on his podcast. I don't know what it's called because I don't listen to it, but I saw this tweet uh, video go across my timeline. Here it is. Yeah, you think Cliff Kingsbury may be the scapegoat in regards to their struggles? Ain't no maybe. He will. He will be. Yeah, <laughs> he will be. Uh-huh. He will be. And the crazy thing about it, the guy who hired him will still have a job. Yep. It's, it's, it sounds about right. I, I Initially, I was thinking that they probably would stick with him because of the contractual agreement he has. But now just seeing how bad they've been. And then man, they fired court. a coach after a season, man. Yeah. And he signed, he signed that extension last March. But see, just verbally now, vocally, Kyler Murray is talking about, and, and I don't like how he's doing that. I think he should keep some things privately. But it tells me he doesn't care about the his, co- his head coach. And he's putting everything on the head coach, basically saying, Kyler Murray don't care about nobody but Kyler Murray. <laughs> That's just a matter of the fact. Well, well, yeah, well, I, I got it. <laughs> so... <laughs> I, Hey, I can't I can't argue that I don't know him personally. You played with him for a few years, so I gotta take your word for it. I, I just I'm 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 over it. Like, dude, you're on the number two seed in the NFC. I, I I know you're trying to get clicks, and that's what it inevitably is gonna end up happening. But like you make good money in the NFL. Why is this necessary? Um I get it. You hate Steve Kime, we get it. Um he that's kind of like the sub bullet to this is he feels like Steve Kime's never gonna go anywhere. But mm-hmm. and he played under Cliff Kingsbury, uh, I think. So you want to talk about Patrick? Yeah, I mean, he, he missed his first six games because he yes, took correct. PEDs. That was Cliff's first year. 
Was he wearing? Was he calling somebody else self-absorbed? Kyler Murray only cares about Kyler, Kyler Murray when he's wearing a sh- T-shirt with his own face on it. Was that? Was he wearing? Was Patrick Peterson wearing a T-shirt with his maybe own head on it? Maybe, maybe he's not disputing that. Maybe he's just saying like Kyler Murray needs to not be self-absorbed. I don't right. know. Right. The, the guy that that a, a month into the first season, really, he'd faced an adversity since you know the Bruce Arians era. He wanted out. He wanted a one-way ticket out of Arizona. He he requested a trade because he wasn't. What? Because the, the team was struggling. It was brutal. Like the Steve Wilkes era was off to a rough start. That coach he was talking about that was fired after one season, he was part of that team. I mean, it's it, it's enough is enough. I mean, we talk about scorn X's. I mean, that's exactly what this is. I mean, both now now both parties are are should be happily married and and moved on. And Patrick Peterson can't keep the Arizona Cardinals off his lips. He can't. It's it's Wait. become sad at this point. The, the Vikings are, can clinch their their division this week, and he's talking about the unrest in Arizona because he thinks that he where was his where was all his chirping last year? The only time he talked about the Cardinals when he was making excuses about when Rondell Moore uh, busted their coverage for a seventy seven yard touchdown, and and also DeAndre Hopkins toasted Patrick Peterson for a touchdown as well. Like I. I can't believe this guy that he continually talks about this organization. This organization doesn't even think twice about the guy. He was great from 2011 to 2017, played some decent ball in 2018, the year that he requested a trade and has been a shell of himself on the field since this season. It it, it accomplished what he, I think he hoped because the podcast is called all things covered. I would imagine about 1% of Twitter knows that that podcast exists it's been mm-hmm. shared. Bar Bar still got a hold of it. A bunch of national media outlets have ran with it now. So it's accomplished what he wanted. It's a, it's the hottest of hot takes. It's piling on Kyler Murray when it's easy to do that right now. I'll take a different angle just from the Kyler Murray standpoint. Like when when you've got this coming from your peers that people are taking shots at you left and right. I'm not saying Kyler Murray needs to rebuild his image, but I'm saying this is this is a perfect opportunity for Kyler Murray to prove a lot of these doubters wrong to finish the rest of the season strong, these remaining five games, to try to turn the tide on public perception. Public perception is not everything, but it is something. And we've talked about it you know, on our audio-only podcast from yesterday. If you haven't seen that, check that out, phnx underscore cardinals. Um, you know, Kyler Murray is going to have to be involved in this new head coach, assuming they move off of Cliff. And they the Cardinals want to put themselves in a position where Kyler Murray is viewed again as an asset, not a deterrent for people wanting to take this job. And no one's listening to Patrick Peterson that we should take seriously, potentially that's going to be running this franchise from a GM standpoint, a head coaching standpoint. But it is a shame, Top G, because Patrick Peterson was a lot of our favorite Cardinals. And now he just Mm -hmm. he's taking free shots. Now he's not taking shots at the fan base. It's not taking shots at the good, the great people of Arizona. But when you go after the quarterback, when you go after the front office, I mean, he kind of dismissed Cliff Kingsbury a little bit that he would be the scapegoat. I, I don't know, Patrick. Have you watched the Cardinals in-game coaching the last couple of years? It's not because of Patrick Peter, or excuse me, Kyler Murray, or even Steve Kime. I mean, Cliff. Everybody has dug their dug their own hole to some extent. Like Kime has a lot of the blame, as does Cliff Kingsbury, and and Kyler Murray would probably like to do some things differently. So in that sense, him pointing that out is not incorrect. But just the way he points it out, the the, the idea, the notion that he has to continually bring up this franchise, like. I, I guarantee you, and we've talked about this, Larry Fitzgerald probably doesn't hold a lot of love for Kyler Murray. They, they 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 butted heads a little bit toward his tail end 
but you don't see Larry Fitzgerald ripping the organization like this. It's just oh, not because he's classy. He's right. classy. He's not Petty Patrick Peterson. And, you know, as far as what they're talking about, it's incorrect. I mean, Kyler Murray did not throw his head coach under the bus after the game on Sunday. I know everybody wants to buy into that because it's a great headline and don't let the details get in the way of that. But he was talking about, as far as what he was talking about, where he said that they were fucked schematically, it was it was Kyler Murray being a bit self-deprecating to himself and the Arizona Cardinals offense and giving credit to the Chargers blowing that play up. It, it wasn't it wasn't like, hey, well, I'm going to call Cliff out for, for the design of this play or the play call here. That wasn't the case at all. So to say that he's airing out dirty laundry to the public, it's it's completely false. I mean, what other what other at what other point has Kyler Murray aired out the the dirty laundry outside of said that his relationship with Cliff Kingsbury outside of going four and eight and, and everything that comes with that, he said that their relationship is good. And I mean, we we know this that Kyler Murray does not mind playing for Cliff Kingsbury. He he kind of likes it. He likes. He's comfortable in in his spot now. Is that what's best for Kyler Murray? You you uh, you and I both agree that it's not. But as far as Kyler Murray, he's not airing out dirty laundry. He's not, and and I can tell you, he's not as self absorbed as Patrick Peterson is. Yeah, no, no chance. And I think you know, Kyler Murray, this is going to be a year to forget, and it's one of the more disappointing things. I had somebody text me the other day is like the worst part of this year is not the record. It's the wasted prime year of Kyler Murray, the wasted potential that you had when the NFC is down and playoff spots are up for grabs. And you've had Kyler Murray for most of the year outside of two games and you've won four and you've won four games. That, that's the most frustrating part is you've got this quarterback who we all know can be special and big time and outduel just about anybody and you haven't maximized it. And that's that's not because Kyler Murray is, is selfish and only cares about himself. It's because a lot has gone wrong because of the head coach, the GM, and to some extent, you know, Kyler Murray has to take responsibility too. And I think he will. I think we're going to see, and we talked about it on, on the audio only pod, a different Kyler Murray heading into this offseason, especially if we go into Black Monday, Bo, and he loses Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime, and it's like, shit, if they're not safe, like what, what's my future? Because my direct result has implemented or affected, I should say, the end result for, for both of them. They're gone now. And that's... Had we won more games, they wouldn't be gone. So everybody has to take accountability. I don't think Kyler Murray, uh, you know, disputes that. And I, you, you remember that first that speech he gave quickly when he won Rookie of the Year. He's like, "We didn't win enough games this year. It's not acceptable." Mm-hmm. Right. And to to ninety one Claycomb's point about Mahomes, Allen's, and Jalen Hurts press conferences. I mean, they're they're usually talking about wins. Nope, nobody's going to look great after a loss. Nobody looks great. Andy and, Reid, Sean McDermott, and an Eagles franchise that has a winning percentage of like over 700 since the, yeah. the early 2000s. I mean, it's 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 hard. We're not making and, excuses. It's hard to change a culture. It's hard to change a perennial losing culture. Right. And, and as far as it's... That's this is why I call him Petty Patrick Peterson. I mean, to just it's so easy to take shots at Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals organization right now, and to be be one game away from clinching your division, putrid NFC North, and all you can talk about is is Kyler Murray, your former franchise. It's just at this at this point, it's just like it's pathetic, sad because you were the number one recruit at a high school, you're a Heisman finalist, you're a top five draft pick, and. 
you're old now, so you didn't get a bunch of deals in the offseason the last yeah. two years, and you blame that on Steve Cotton. Yeah. Interesting. Congrats on playing better football. I mean, he is playing better football. He's played his best football since 2018. But I think you can bet on his statistics if you feel like you you know can stomach that on underdog fantasy. Underdog fantasy, l- l- let me tell you something. So year-long fantasy has not done Bo and I any favors. We're in the bottom tier of our uh, PHNX bring this up. league. Is, well, I, I feel like it's read. important. No, this is my own <laughs> I crush on underdog fantasy because it's daily fantasy. That's the future of fantasy. You can take hires and lowers for both the NFL and the NBA right now. Go pick your six NBA players, no positional limits, and go up against five of your friends in the highest scoring squad. Gets that cold, hard cash. Hell yes. Loaded NBA slate, underdog fantasy. Loaded NFL slate, underdog fantasy. It's been fantastic. All you got to do to get started, go to underdogfantasy.com, download the app, Sign up with the promo code PHNX. Underdog Fantasy is going to match your first deposit up to $100, but you got to smash that promo code PHNX. Get in on the action today. And, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, taking some of my winnings from Underdog Fantasy and dabbling on some Christmas gifts. And once upon a time, you know, you, you hate to say it, like Cardinal tickets would have been the crescendo of Christmas gifts around the venerable household. But they are so effing cheap on the Game Time app. They're stocking stuffers now. It's like the stuff that you get at checking out at Target or Walmart, like the, the by the gum. That's what mm-hmm. tar- Cardinal tickets have become because they're so cheap on game time. You think about right now, Monday Night Football against the New England Patriots coming up here. You can save up over 60% on tickets when you buy them last minute on the game time app. I looked up tickets for the Charger game a couple of weeks ago. We're talking 10 to 12 bucks to get you into the building at State Farm Stadium. I'm not blaming Underdog Fantasy for that. I'm saying please and thank you. Bring the whole family. Bo, great way to showcase your family that you love them around this holiday season. Let's go watch some pro football, some supremely gifted athletes, regardless of how you feel about the team, about the coach, about the GM. I mean, get to go see Kyler Murray for under 20 bucks. Sign me up for that. Sign me up for the Game Time app. Click on the link in the description. I, I promise you, we have gone through the venerable household, every other ticket vendor, including one that's in the, the tabloids for the wrong reasons right now. And there's nobody that can stack up with the prices of the game time app. Tough to beat. So we wanted to talk about uh, in, in such a brutal season that uh, has five games remaining that the Cardinals will play in. They got their bye week, but kind of looking back the first 12 weeks of the season, Johnny, we wanted to kind of break down what, are the biggest surprise has been and what the or what the best surprise has been and what the worst surprise has been. And I think it's it's been way easier to pick what the worst surprise is over the best surprise. So yeah. should we start with our worst and finish with the best? Or is it so pathetic what we're gonna come up with as far as the best surprise? And obviously we want people to to chime in in the chat with their thoughts on what the best surprise has been and what the, the worst surprise has been. I don't even know I like this was I picked this topic and I it's easy to say the worst surprise is I think the inefficiency of the offense for me. Mm-hmm. Like I it's not even close. There's not like the like the defense is what it is. We 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 go through up and downs. I thought the offense would be a banger. Now I know offense is is down around the NFL, but even without Hopkins, I thought this offense was gonna be big time, showtime. Everybody was gonna put up career numbers, Kyler Murray, Pro Bowl, MVP caliber player, win shootouts, fun highlights. They've been miserable. They've been broken. The offense has been easily the worst surprise of the year. It's like getting coal in your stocking, as my guy uh, Brian says. Not tickets to this game, but just to watch this offense has been 
has been the worst surprise for me, Bo. Yeah, I mean, two times, two times this season, they were held out of the end zone. Just didn't score a touchdown. All they scored was a special teams TD, and they had some field goals uh, between the Rams game and the Seattle Seahawks game up there in Seattle. Twice, two division games. They didn't even find find a score touchdown. So, yeah, that is by far the worst surprise. And then, of course, the play of your of your franchise quarterback after aching a huge uh, history-making contract, $230.5 million, that, that also has been unpleasant and part of the worst surprise that goes part and parcel with the offense. Now, best surprise, I'm, I'm, I'm grasping here, but as far as the best surprises, I'm thinking black helmets. Uh, we didn't really Damn. know that was hey, coming. You're digging, you're digging <laughs> down way deep. That's the best uh, surprise. The Raiders game. I mean, the, the, the way the Raiders game ended, I, I mean, I, I don't that feel like, like we've been. That a, feels like six months ago. It did. It was week two. But it, it was they went into the halftime down 20 nothing. You know, I we're driving back to the studio from our watch party at Four Peaks. Yeah. We're like, how, how do we spend this? How do, how, do we, how do we talk to Cardinals fans about this? the start to this season? Because it's been absolutely brutal. And then next thing you know, we're talking about Byron Murphy scooping and scoring on a, on a fumble return. That was an incredible surprise. And then also beating Sean McVay, something that doesn't happen yep. a lot to the Arizona Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. Like they beat, well, it wasn't Kyler. It was, it was Colt McCoy, but to beat McVay is always nice too. My, like my best surprise is twofold. Like I want my best surprise to be, we're going to fast forward like six weeks from now. And Sean Payton's going to be the head coach of this team. <laughs> and he's going to be equipped with the top five draft pick. That would be the best surprise. And it's still in play. So I'm going to put it up on the shelf for now. Elf on the shelf starts tomorrow. That's Sean Payton on a shelf. Wait, I don't want to endure a top five draft pick in this season. If I, I if I if I get Sean Payton out of it, that's the best. But I'm with Nightingale Sunset. I think Greg Dorch is the best surprise. I think that every time yeah. he plays, that's sad, right? Because it's like he plays and he produces. And I think he should be part of this team long term. I'll throw some other names in there, too. I. Uh, He's been a little bit inconsistent. Isaiah Simmons looks like like somebody they should pick up their their fifth year option. Uh, I don't know if he's mm-hmm. worth a long term extension. Um, I think that you know Maji Sanders, Cameron Thomas are going to end the year with probably like eight sacks combined. I, I would assume that's that's a pretty good surprise, seven to eight sacks. Um, those you know the, the play of the secondary was on the upswing before Byron Murphy's injury. You know, Josh Jones being able to to step in, I think he's going to be a, a quality left tackle. But I mean, it's it is slim pickings right now. Greg Dorch to me, taking what he did in the preseason. Well, first of all, training camp, you were there every day. Like he lit up training camp. Well, yeah, it's training camp. Then he went and did a preseason. Eh, it's preseason. And then every time he's played this year, he's been one yeah. of the best players on the field. So Greg Dorch, yeah, he's been answer. been a great great surprise, but w- not without its frustration about. The lack of playing time, nothing he can control, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, for him that every time he got an opportunity, uh, step up and exceed any kind of expectation and then some. Yeah, absolutely. That that guy crushed it uh, and is, is an absolute bright spot as far as a trying season. No doubt about it. Anybody on the I mean, Zavin, I see Zavin Collins in there. Him just being able to be an every down linebacker obviously still comes with his frustration as well. And you would you hope that. He, at some point, he'll be making a bigger impact in the game. Nearly made an, a big play against the Chargers. The uh, the overturn interception that I, I'm still looking for, where the ball definitively touched the turf. Um, but you know, he had the pick six that could have won the game against the Seahawks. So 
yeah, there's absolutely what some. Did, what would D'Amico Ryan's do with Zayvon Collins? Just oh, think about that for a second. Yeah, I let's. Mean, wouldn't solve all your problems, but man, I, I think you'd be able to settle in for for some high end linebacker play. Fun. Mm-hmm. What does he do with with Isaiah Simmons? Does he treat him as a linebacker? Does he put him full time safety? What does he do? I, what, I would. What, what, yeah, I think they, they would try him. At, I think he would be able to rush past her a little bit more. I got some pushback yeah. from that. I posted something. PFF has has him as their best pass rusher, or just as many times as he's rushed the passer, he's been their most efficient. And people are like, I still don't see him in that role. I'm just trying to get some impact. So I would try. D'Amico can do whatever he wants with the team once he takes yeah. over. The uh, if it would be a long drawn out death if they had a top five pick, that would be like no more wins, right? I mean, to get top five, oh, no. they would have no. Oh. Yeah, you right. Can get you can get top five with five wins. Look at the so one more win. Oh, thanks. One more win and on the next. You think five this games? team's gonna win more than one more game? I'm not sure they do. I mean, yeah. Uh, hello, they got they got to play. <laughs> hello, uh, watch this team all year. They have four wins and it's almost Christmas. That is a sludge. That we is have a... earned this top five pick. God damn yeah. it. I want this pick. I want Will Anderson on my slow, slow, slow death, but it would be worth the reward. But That's speaking right. of death and murdering our thirst while this season has kind of murdered our optimism for this franchise, I've got a solution for at least one of those. Liquid death is the solution to murdering your thirst. They're not beer cans, even though they look cool like beer cans. They're in these tall boys. And they carry some mountain spring water, which are very refreshing and hydrating. Liquid Death murders your thirst. They donate 10% of their profits as well to help kill and murder plastic pollution. It's a great cause. 10% of their profits go for every can sold to help that kill that plastic pollution. They've got free shipping on water and merch. You're looking for stocking stuffers? Throw a couple Liquid Deaths in there. If you're a parent trying to be cooler, Liquid Death, that's way cooler than throwing a stupid Aquafina or something in there. You would look lame if you put that in there. But you put a cool, hard, like a a heavy metal Liquid Death in there, you're looking really cool. LiquidDeath.com slash PHNX. That's going to get you some water and some merch. LiquidDeath.com slash PHNX. You can find all the liquid death you want, you know, their mountain spring, their sparkling waters that are that have the flavors in them that you you see LaCroix, bubbly, these these murder those as well. You can get the the great tasting sparkling water, liquid death at your local Target fries and sprouts. I'm going to look cool at, on Christmas morning when my son opens up his stocking and there's a liquid death and a $7 <laughs> Arizona Cardinal ticket for the for the games of the rest of the year. Um, we have earned the top five pick, friends, but Steve Kine better not make that pick. Hell yeah. I want to remind everybody, become a diehard. GoPHNX.com if you haven't already. We appreciate all of you. We had endless support. We had the biggest week we've ever had. The PHNX merchandise locker for Black Friday, Cyber Monday. I hope you took advantage of the many discounts. We just dropped some baller hoodies that are available exclusively right now in limited quantities. So grab them now. Become a diehard for the entire year. Cop a free T-shirt or hat from the locker. You get one every year. It's not a one-off. You get to pick a hat or a T-shirt every single year. You're part of the diehard memberships, discounts on events, exclusive member discords. Our family is growing, and it's because of all of you. We love and appreciate every single one of you. So much so, we're going to watch this shitty Hard Knocks again tonight. and We're going to have <laughs> PHNX Cardinals after dark. With the Arizona Cardinals Hard Knocks episode four, we're gonna we're gonna see should this be on public access, should this be on the Disney Channel, or is it gonna be premium cable television on HBO? 
Tune in. 9 what are they going to admit tonight? What What's not going to make the broadcast? Are they just going to show the last like Cardinals possession and they're not going to show Justin Herbert and the Chargers find the end zone? And they just not they're just going to end the game before the, they score the go ahead game winning touchdown and two point conversion. I want to see people in the locker room be pissed after this game. I, I want to see some turmoil. Like, we've been teased enough. Like, I love you, Will Hernandez. I don't need to see your family again. I don't need to see <laughs> behind the scenes people well, eating dinner, people with their kids. I love kids. I have two kids. I'm I'm, I'm here to watch this franchise burn. There is going to be I, – I do know that they're going to they're gonna highlight DeAndre Hopkins doing some great community work. Uh, so that's going to be in there. Hopefully it's not, not too much to where it lingers, but obviously it's, it's going to be a cool highlight. And then the Kyler, uh, returning from injury and Hollywood Brown returning from injury. So we'll see what goes into that. And then that brutal loss. Do we have a guess, Bo? Uh, they're working on one. We'll see. Wow. Yeah. We, we didn't have a guest last week. Take that yeah. for what you will. It was a holiday week. We will welcome a guest if we get one, but we welcome all of you regardless. PHNX Cardinals tonight. Immediately following Hard Knocks for Bull Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. Like, subscribe, leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you later tonight.